Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, ARMS IPO is happening as I record these words. Vegas and the casino industry in general seem to be the target of some wide-scale cyber attacks. Unity acknowledges people's ire about their proposed pricing changes. And the wildest new laptop design you can buy, but you're gonna need a bigger wallet. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Arm has officially priced its 95.5 million shares at $51 a piece, raising for the company $4.87 billion in what is 2023's largest IPO so far, giving the company a fully diluted valuation of around $54.5 billion. That is, as of this moment, because at the time of writing and recording, shares have not yet opened for trading, so we'll have to see if they get any sort of first-day pop. In the meantime, quoting Axios, ARM is being viewed by bankers as a standalone rather than as reflective of current IPO market trends or predictive of future ones. That said, it comes ahead of two highly anticipated offerings next week for grocery delivery company Instacart and marketing SaaS company Clavio. NVIDIA in late 2020 agreed to buy ARM for $40 billion in what would have been the semiconductor sector's largest ever merger, but it killed the deal in early 2022 because of regulatory opposition. ARM is going public in the midst of a semiconductor sales slump, partially caused by declining smartphone sales. Plus, SoftBank has a history of overvaluing assets, particularly those that touch Vision Fund. Chip demand, though, is shifting toward AI applications, and ARM could be viewed as a complementary play to NVIDIA, a former merger partner and current market darling." End quote. Guess what? We apparently have a slate of cyber attacks targeting the gambling and casino industry. So this is either from the because that's where the money is file, or you could just insert an Ocean's Eleven joke here. The website of MGM Resorts is still down over 60 hours after being hit by a cyber attack. Ransomware as a service group, Alf V, aka Black Cat, reportedly took credit for the hack. Quoting Bloomberg, Prominent among MGM's stable of 19 U.S. properties are a dozen of the most iconic casino hotels in Las Vegas, including the Bellagio, Mandalay Bay, and the Cosmopolitan. Since the attack was discovered on Sunday evening, it has wrecked havoc on MGM's operations, forcing guests to wait hours to check in and crippling electronic payments, digital key cards, slot machines, ATMs, and paid parking systems. On Tuesday night, VX Underground, a malware research group with nearly 229,000 followers on X, posted that ransomware as a service group Alpha V, also known as Black Cat, claimed responsibility for executing the attack by using social engineering to identify on LinkedIn an MGM employee who worked in IT support. The next step was simply to call the MGM help desk. Astonishingly, the attack took about 10 minutes to execute. MGM is a huge company, but small and medium-sized businesses get hit with ransomware countless times per week, and it doesn't usually make the news, says Alex Hammerstone, Advisory Solutions Director at TrustedSec, an Ohio-based cybersecurity firm. One clue that this was a ransomware attack was the high visibility of the disruption. The fact that everything's down, Hammerstone says. I mean, if you're going to go in stealthily and steal data and then do something with it, everything wouldn't be down, end quote. Alpha V is an extremely well-known black hat actor in the cybersecurity industry, thought to be responsible for attacks against Reddit and Western Digital, among others. In April 2022, CISA, America's Cyber Defense Agency, issued an alert based on an FBI flash report on Alpha V, noting the criminal group had, quote, compromised at least 60 entities worldwide, end quote.
Neither MGM nor the FBI has publicly characterized the nature of the breach, and MGM has not responded to Forbes's multiple requests for comment. The FBI confirmed it was involved in the ongoing investigation. While AlphaV's responsibility for the attack has not been verified, cybersecurity experts say VX Underground is a reliable source. It's clear that what MGM has called a cybersecurity issue will be extremely costly. In the quarter that ended June 30th, the company reported that its Las Vegas Strip properties generated revenue of $1.2 billion just from hotel rooms and casinos. Based on those figures, MGM's Vegas Strip properties bring in more than $13 million per day in revenue, end quote. Well, on top of that news, sources are also saying that Caesars Entertainment paid tens of millions of dollars to hackers who breached that company's systems in recent weeks. They were threatening to release the data, so it looks like they paid the ransom. Quoting Bloomberg, On Thursday, after Bloomberg News reported that Caesars had been hit by a cyber attack, the company disclosed the hack in a regulatory filing. The company's shares were relatively unchanged Thursday at 9.49 a.m. in New York after dropping 2.7% Wednesday to $52.35. The group behind the attack is known as Scattered Spider, or UNC 3944, according to The People. Its members are skilled at social engineering in order to gain access to large corporate networks, according to cybersecurity experts. In the case of Caesars, the hackers first breached an outside IT vendor before gaining access to the company's network, according to the people. The hackers began targeting Caesars as early as August 27th, according to one of the people. Members of the hacking group are believed to be young adults, some as young as 19 years old, residing in the U.S. and the U.K., according to a person who has investigated multiple hacks by the group. The attackers stole data, including driver's license and social security numbers from Caesars' loyalty members, the company said in the filing Thursday. Hacking gangs typically ask to be paid in cryptocurrency if they demand a ransom. Some attacks deploy ransomware that locks up computer files, and the hackers then provide a decryption key if the victim pays. More recently, however, hacking gangs have stolen data from companies and then demanded payment, threatening to publish the information unless they're paid. We have taken steps to ensure that the stolen data is deleted by the unauthorized actor, although we cannot guarantee this result, Caesars said in the filing, end quote. A U.S. judge says FTX can now sell, stake, and hedge its crypto holdings, estimated to be worth more than $3.4 billion, including $1.16 billion in Solana. This is all in aid of repaying their creditors, quoting Coindesk. An attorney representing the ad hoc committee of FTX customers supported the plan during the hearing, while a lawyer for the unsecured creditors committee said all of the involved parties look to expedite the process. The sooner we can get this process rolling, the better, he said. FTX submitted a filing requesting permission to engage in these activities in August, arguing that hedging its crypto assets would allow the debtors to limit potential downside risk prior to the sale of such Bitcoin or Ether, while staking certain digital assets will ensure to the benefit of the estates and ultimately creditors by generating low-risk returns on their otherwise idle digital assets, according to the filing by FTX's lawyers. The judge asked questions about whether FTX officials could tell who deposited the assets. FTX's view is that the digital assets we're selling are assets of the debtors, an attorney representing the exchange said. Another lawyer said the assets are in one pool and are, quote, not traceable to the individual customer. FTX revealed earlier this week that it holds $1.16 billion of Solana, approximately 16% of the token's outstanding supply, and about $560 million in Bitcoin. The rest of its holdings consist of lesser-known illiquid tokens, end quote. Unity is acknowledging that people are pissed, quoting IGN. 
Acknowledging the, quote, confusion and frustration stemming from the proposed runtime fees, Unity sought to clarify questions about how the company defines and counts installs, one of the major sticking points around the new policy. Unity has previously said it would charge $0.20 per install for any game with more than 200,000 installs, raising questions about multiple installs, Game Pass, and other issues. Unity claims it will only count, quote, net new installs on any device starting January 1st. It also says developers won't pay fees on reinstallations, fraudulent installs through botnets and other tricks, trial versions, web and streaming games, and charity-related installs. Unity also updated its official blog with more details. Unity's clarifications didn't seem to placate users, however. The post currently sits at close to 1,000 comments to just 239 likes. This fee has still no upper bound. We are penalized for users installing the game on as many devices as they want, and no piracy or fraudulent checks are nor can be put in place, leaving it to the developer to figure out, the official account behind GenoKids argued. Other developers urged Unity to fully walk back the plan, which has been heavily criticized for heaping unplanned expenses on smaller games. Cult of the Lamb and Among Us are among the games that face being pulled from digital marketplaces if Unity continues with its plan, end quote. Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership. Access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools. Uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team. Discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology. And learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse. That laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. Finally today, I'll cop to it. I can't resist experiments with new novel computing form factors, be that in laptops, desktops, or phones. So, 
say hello to the HP Spectre Fold, a foldable PC that can be used as a 17-inch tablet or laptop or as a 12.3-inch laptop weighing under 3 pounds starting at $5,000. More on that in a second, quoting The Verge. The Spectre Fold, HP claims, is the world's thinnest and smallest 17-inch foldable PC. The competition is not necessarily particularly steep here. There are very few of these 17-inch foldables on the market, but it does appear to weigh in at just under 3 pounds, which is an impressively low weight for a 17-inch device. Now, in case you were thinking of actually buying this thing, please be warned, the starting price is $4,999.99. This is one of the most expensive laptops ever released and will be massively pricier than others in this category are. The ThinkPad X1 Fold is $2,499, and the ZenBook Fold is $3,499. To be asking for so much money, one would hope that the Spectre Fold is something pretty spectacular. Though the Spectre Fold has HP's familiar Spectre branding and design, it seems like a fairly similar package to foldables that have come before. Laid flat, it is a 17-inch tablet. Pop out the kickstand, which is built in, to prop it up on its long edge, and it becomes a 17-inch laptop. Fold said tablet at a 90-degree angle and pop a magnetic Bluetooth keyboard onto the bottom half, and it becomes a 12.3-inch clamshell. The conceit of these machines is that they offer more versatility than a traditional laptop or Windows tablet, and that they can cram a large screen size into a form factor that's easy to carry around. In the nitty-gritty, the Spectre will include Intel's Core i7-2050U, 16GB of RAM, and 1TB of storage. The panel is a 3x4 OLED with 1920x2560 resolution. The Spectre line is known for incredible screens, so I do look forward to this one. And don't worry, video callers, HP's Glam Cam, which does exactly what it sounds it would, is on here too, end quote. Meanwhile, Engadget got an actual hands-on with the thing, quoting Sam Rutherford. The most striking thing about the Spectre Fold is its design. HP has managed to slim down its bezels and remove nearly all of the chunkiness we saw on the foldable ZenBook. With its 17-inch 2560 by 1920 OLED display opened all the way, the whole thing looks just like any other premium tablet, except for it being really big, which is a pleasant surprise. At 8.5 millimeters thick, it's deliciously thin, and by opting for a lightweight magnesium body, the Spectre Fold tips the scales at just 2.86 pounds, a full pound less than Asus's creation from 2022. The Spectre Fold's display looks great too. The panel is made by LG and basically crease-free, unless you look real hard from an angle, while boasting a listed brightness of up to 500 nits, along with Visa True Black HDR50 certification. And for all your video conference needs, HP crammed in a Sharp 5MP IR webcam that supports some clever security features like privacy alerts and automatic walkaway detection. There's also a slick kickstand that sits flush against the bottom of the system when not in use. In fact, it looks more like a simple design accent than something functional. Pretty much everywhere you look, the Spectre Fold just feels as sleek and polished as any high-end laptop. Now, that might not sound like a major accomplishment, but given the awkwardness that we've seen on previous competitors, that's no mean feat. I also appreciate how HP included handy features like a switch for a physical webcam shutter and two Thunderbolt 4 ports. And then there are all the Spectre Fold's bundled accessories, which include a magnetic Bluetooth keyboard, a stylus with a spare nib, and even a USB-C docking hub. This brings me to the next best thing about the Spectre Fold, which is how well it works with all of its accessories right out of the box. I didn't need to mess around with Bluetooth settings or anything. 
I just fired up the laptop, flipped the toggle on the side of the keyboard, and they instantly connected. That is a big improvement compared to what I experienced on the ZenBook 17 Fold and its flaky Bluetooth that forced me to manually repair its keyboard on a semi-regular basis. HP also designed the system to have a 5mm fold radius, which allows the keyboard to nest neatly inside the laptop during travel. But the perhaps coolest thing about the Spectre Fold, aside from its display, of course, is what you don't see, a series of charging coils that are hidden inside one edge of the system. This allows both the keyboard and the stylus, which also attaches magnetically, to trickle charge from the laptop's battery while not in use, so you never have to worry about topping them up yourself. Though if the keyboard does, for some reason, run out of juice, HP does include a special USB-powered dongle that you can whip out in a pinch. Of course, though, the display is the coolest part. The bendability makes the Spectre Fold what HP says is its first 3-in-1, as it can transform into a tablet, a portable all-in-one desktop, and a few different laptop setups. Tablet mode is pretty straightforward, while AIO mode allows you to prop up the display so you can get the most out of that big 17-inch display. I would have loved to have this while traveling recently. As a laptop, you can choose a somewhat traditional clamshell configuration where you put the keyboard on the bottom half of the display while the top half provides what is essentially a 12 and a half inch screen, which is great for tight spaces. Alternatively, you can slide the keyboard towards you to create what HP calls expanded mode, which might be my favorite laptop position. In this setup, the touchpad section of the keyboard drops down and provides a more ergonomic wrist rest. Doing that also reveals more of the folded display, around 14 inches in total, or what HP calls one and a half screens. This gives you just enough room to keep things like email or chat apps down below while you have more important projects open up top. Finally, there's extended mode in which you simply place the keyboard on a table in front of the Spectre Fold, giving you full access to that 17-inch screen, but in a bent portrait orientation. Regardless of which setup you prefer, the laptop tries to give you the largest display possible based on your current environment. And thanks to even more magnets inside the system, the keyboard naturally snaps to these various positions, resulting in a surprisingly seamless experience. However, the Spectre Fold's biggest hurdle is its price, $5,000. This is enough to put it out of reach of pretty much everyone, which is definitely a bummer. That said, if you're willing to throw a couple rent payments or more at this thing, pre-orders for the Spectre Fold go live today from Best Buy with official sales on HP.com and Best Buy expected to happen sometime in October, end quote. All right, update on the AI experiment I've been running. Last month, an amazing new team swooped in and got the project over the hurdles that had stalled things out. I can't wait to tell you about this team of devs. They're absolutely amazing. You should probably hire them. But for now, what to know is this. We're ready for more testing. I've saved the emails from everyone who volunteered to test, so if that's you, look for an email from me in the next few days. Fingers crossed, though of course I'm probably jinxing it by saying this now. I think we can actually go live with the beta test next week, so all of you can see what we've been up to, even if you're not a tester. We're getting really close. Very excited. Talk to you tomorrow.